welcome back to Dauber Prospects Radio. This is season three, I believe I'm in now. This is episode 67. I'm your host. My name is Peter Harling. And today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a couple of hockey games that I went to recently. Uh, some player prospect scouting notes and observations and whatnot, as well as um, a KHL free agent for you to put on your watch list for the end of the season. All right, so before I get going too far, I'll just let you know that uh, thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoy these shows. If you do, I always love getting any kind of feedback. What uh, what doesn't sound good? What is it that I'm talking about that you, you don't care about? Uh, what is it I'm not talking about that you do care about that you would like to hear me cover on the show? Feel free to give me a follow or a shout out at either Twitter handle, um, Farling at P Harling is my Twitter account. And then the podcast show is at DPR underscore show. And uh, of course, these episodes are posted on Dauber Prospects. It's a fantastic site. You should check it out. Um, And if you enjoy this podcast, also, you know, please go ahead and give me the, the subscribe, give it a five star, hit the share button, tell someone about it. All right, so starting off, the first game I went to this season that I want to talk about is an AHL game. That was October 23rd, as the Montreal Canadiens farm team Laval Rocket were in Belleville, taking on the Ottawa Senators farm team, the Belleville Senators. Uh, So, first of all, something in this this hockey game happened that I've never seen before. So this is really fascinating, and I want to share this little story with you. So there's a play where, uh, in the third period, I think it was, Laval was uh, pressing the attack on Belleville. And one of their players was driving towards the net and kind of knocked the net off. And not kind of, he like totally knocked the net off. Um, It was absolutely unintentional. I think he was getting out of the way of Hogberg. Uh, However, uh, the net went flying. Uh, The goalie pushed it off to the corner to make sure that the referee saw it. The ref saw it. They walked over, skated over and and talked to the goalie, but didn't blow the whistle. The play continued. Um, Belleville had possession of the puck and they carried it up the ice and uh, and had possession in Laval's end. Meanwhile, the Senators' net is like off and in the corner. Um, so I've never seen that before. I always thought that that was an immediate whistle. Uh, so I'm not familiar with this rule, but I'm guessing that it is if an attacking player knocks the net off and the defending team has possession of the puck, there's no reason to call the play dead. Uh, it could prevent, you know, if you were in a situation where you were about to give up a breakaway or an odd man rush, you can knock the other team's net off and take the penalty. Uh, so this way they just don't blow the whistle. They just let the play ride. Uh, so I've never seen that rule in application before. And the play went on for a significant amount of time. I mean, we're talking 10, 20 seconds here. Long enough for the scouts in the section I was sitting with to be, you know, talking about it. Another really interesting sidebar to this that so assuming this is a rule that it's basically like a delayed penalty where they don't blow the play dead until Laval gets possession of the puck back um, because they can't if they get possession they can't score because the net's off Uh, so with that mentality in place if I were the goalie I'd make a beeline to the bench to get the extra attacker and for some reason he didn't do that 
Um, and the fans were yelling at him to, to get off, get off, but he had just had a conversation with the ref, so I'm wondering if that's prohibited, if they can't pull the goalie. So if anyone has any insight as as to the, how this rule breaks down um, at the AHL level in particular, because that's the league that this happened in, or if this is a, a rule that transcends most leagues, and I just it's a very uncommon play, and I've never seen it before, um, but I love seeing things that I've never seen in hockey, uh, and that happens fewer and farther between anymore so anyways back to the game let's talk about some of the players we'll start with the Sens um first thing I noticed about this team is uh they were very good I specifically like the line of Max Verono uh with Norris and Abramov uh particularly Abramov is uh my favorite player that was in this game on either team uh I watched him play a fair amount in Gatineau when he was in the queue and he is a terrific hockey player to watch. He's got fast feet, fast hands. Um, he's very quick. He's just, he's got a very deceptive release. He loves to score goals, uh, and he doesn't have great size, but he's pretty strong and and solidly built. He's got a good low center of gravity, so he's he's not opposed to using his body and his his arse to protect the puck or give a player a bump along the boards, try and uh, create a turnover or uh, separate the man from the puck. He's not a physical player, really, by any stretch of the imagination, um, but he's not passive. Uh, he's got a nose for the net, and he likes to find, when he doesn't have the puck, he likes to find pockets, uh, and he's deceptive this way too, so he'll, he'll be a little bit elusive. He'll try and be, you know, Brett Hall-like, where he can just kind of circle around a little bit, and then at the very right time, sneak himself into a scoring position, uh, and he's got pretty decent ability to get one-timers off, even off bad passes or deflections. Um, sometimes they, they go under or over his stick or through his feet, but uh, for the most part, he's, he's pretty good at converting those. He's got good hand-eye coordination. Uh, he's got a nose for the net. He, he likes to drive to the net. He's not afraid to, um, to take the puck to the goal, uh, worry about the defenseman later as opposed to choosing the path of least resistance and just kind of do the, the lap around the outside and go behind the goal. Uh, so he had a really good game. Uh, he stood out a couple of times uh, creating offense. Uh, his line mate Norris didn't really like his game overly very much. Uh, there was one play in particular that he made that I really didn't like. It, he just I think he was trying to work the cycle and, and maybe it wasn't his breakdown. Someone should have been there but he basically just dumped the puck behind the Laval net around the boards to no one in particular, um, and he wasn't really under very much duress either. I mean, he had he had time. He had a, a minute and or so, a second or so, uh, to take a, to take a look, put his head up, and, and see what his options were. Um, and he just kind of threw it around, and then Laval picked it up, and that was the end of the forecheck. Um, another player I've spoke about on this podcast, who I was kind of watching a little bit keenly, um, I wasn't impressed, but wasn't disappointed, is Parker Kelly. Uh, I spoke about him on a recent episode and how he's uh, coming out of the WHL after four years, played with Prince Albert last year, and they went to the Memorial Cup, and he was an important player for them as a 19-year-old. He's playing on the fourth line with Joseph Labat and Jonathan Davidson, and his line mates were very unspectacular, pretty invisible. He did, however, score a goal. Parker Kelly uh, finished on a two-on-one kind of rush. It was a nice pass across, and he drove her home. 
Uh, he didn't, outside of that, create a terribly large amount of offense and certainly nothing really threatening. Uh, his game overall was very good, though. Uh, I found he was um, very good positionally. Uh, he he was deployed on the penalty kill frequently. He's a hardworking player. Um, he's He was good, but not great. Um, his attention to detail is very good. He doesn't give away free ice. Um, he doesn't lose his check. He's very responsible defensively. Uh, his hands, puck skills are, again, good, not great. Um, and his skating is, is, is good. So on the previous episode, I was pretty keen on him after some of the highlights and, and stuff that I saw from the rookie tournament. But now that the, the rosters are set, the rookie tournaments are, are over and they're, they're playing for, for real now, regular season games. Um, the competition has made it a little bit harder for him to stand out and be as, as noticed as he was in the preseason games. Uh, however, this is his first year pro, and he did score a goal in the game I was at, so that was kind of cool of him. Very nice. Thank you very much, Parker. So I look forward to keeping an eye on him going forward and keeping tabs on him. The Sens' best defenseman was uh, far and away Max Lejoie, both offensively and defensively. Uh, again, not one of the bigger players, but play a little bit physical. He's the driver offensively on the blue line for them. I was expecting that to be him and Christian Jaros. Um, Christian Jaros was was pretty invisible that night as well. Uh, he wasn't being deployed as the number one defenseman as a guy that played almost all of last season in the NHL. Uh, so my opinion on him, on Jaros, and his stock has, has declined a little bit. Um, Max Lejoie looks like he might be uh, suited or poised for an NHL recall. Uh, kind of in the near future. He's definitely their their best defenseman. Uh, another defenseman that I was really impressed with was um, Jack Doherty. Uh, he's formerly from NCAA and USA Development Plan. Um, he's a Milwaukee-Nashville draft pick. Um, he was let go. I think he played last year with the uh, Rochester Americans after he was traded there. The Sens signed him as uh, a one-year AHL contract so don't be rushing to add him to your fantasy roster because he's only got an ahl contract so i believe he would need to sign an nhl deal before he could get called up to the nhl with the sends however his game was good man he played a very physical game he threw a couple of really big hits um he was very good holding the possession in the offensive zone at the blue line uh he made some really smart uh decisions with the puck uh while being forechecked and under duress kept the not only just like kept it in the zone but kept the play alive put it in places where a teammate could get to it or, or put it on the, the tape of a teammate um and defensively he was he was really good too uh he's clear in the front of the net and he's using his size and strength to his advantage so uh he's a player that seems to be fading out of nhl uh limelight but uh it was just one game but i like what i saw from him and uh oh i just took out the goalie too max hogberg or Marcus Hogberg, sorry, was uh, in net for Belleville, uh, and he had a very good start to the game. Uh, he looked, I was very impressed with his first period. He uh, kept Laval off the, the score sheet in the first, um, but, and then Belleville ran into some penalty trouble, and uh, Laval started scoring with man advantage. Um, and I noticed as the game wore on that Hogberg started to look kind of fatigued. He was moving really slow. He was getting up slower than he was in the first period. Uh, so that's something to watch out for for him is uh, perhaps his conditioning levels. Moving on to Laval. Uh, one player stood out to me more than any other on Laval. It's a player I've never really heard of and uh, or seen play. 
so this was my first viewing of uh, Alex Belzile, uh, B E Ed, sorry, B E L Z or Z for the Americans, I L E. Uh, and there's a reason why I've never heard of him. He was never drafted. He's got uh, 168 career ECHL games and 229 career AHL games. So he's a minor league and through and through. He was never drafted in the NHL. Um, and he just signed his first NHL contract this offseason with Montreal. So he played for Laval uh, last year. He had 74 games, 54 points, and 80 penalty minutes with 19 goals and 35 assists in there. Uh, so 54 points in 74 games is uh, is pretty good. Uh, but again, he's not a prospect. He's 28 years old. This year, uh, he signed the one-year deal with Montreal. So he does have an NHL contract playing in the minors. Um, he's wearing an assistant captain letter for Laval. And in his first 10 games, he's got nine points. Uh, and he had 80 penalty minutes last season. Doesn't really have any this year, but I can see that um, he could be a little bit physical, a little bit maybe chippy and dirty at times. Uh, I don't think he's much of a fighter. He's not a, not a tough guy, but um, he's definitely got some jam to his game. Um, so he's perhaps a, a prospect to, uh, to maybe kind of keep an eye on and see how he does overall in the scoring for the AHL this year. And uh, there's a possibility that Montreal might say, hey, man, why don't you make your NHL debut with us this year? Uh, moving on to a couple more prominent prospects who you may be owning in your fantasy league that you're looking for some insights on how they played. Ryan Paling, of course, is uh, the number one prospect on Laval with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, this is his first season in pro, so this was my first live viewing of him. So far this season, he's got uh, five points in ten games, so that's not bad as a rookie, half a point in game pace. And uh, I thought that he looked good, uh, particularly on the power play. He kind of failed to stand out for the most part in five-on-five five until the third period when the Val was pressing to tie the game, uh, and he was getting a little bit more ice time there. Um, he's just feeling his way around the pro level. It's a lot faster. It's a lot tighter checking. Um, I know he had that great game at the end of the year at the NHL level last year, um, but that standalone game aside... Um, he, he looks good. He's not NHL ready, in my opinion. Um, he's very close. Uh, I, I think he is where he needs to be. He's getting the time and the seasoning and the development uh, that he needs. So if you own him in a keeper league and you're thinking, oh, hey, called trophy candidate Ryan Paling four goals in his NHL debut last year, uh, cool your jets, but don't don't dump him. Don't give him up. Uh, don't give him away. He's, uh, he's, looking, he's looking good, but he is where he needs to be. And the other uh, player I was really glad that he was playing was Caden Primo. Uh, I've seen him play on TV a number of times now in the NCAA, in the Bean Pot, and uh, I saw him play with the World Juniors with uh, USA last year, and man, this kid's just fantastic. I love everything I see about Caden Primo. He is very impressive. In his five first games in the AHL, his goals against average is, is a shade under two, 1.99. Um, but he never looked tired, unlike Hogwarts. He always looked very engaged in the game. Um, he's got good size. He's 6'3". He's very athletic. He's quick. He's got fast legs. Uh, I like the way he tracks the puck. Um, he stays uh, He stays up off the ice a lot. And this is something that really stand, stands out to me every time I watch him play. He never looks desperate. He's always in control of where he wants to be and where the play is he's always between the puck and the goal um 
He's not scrambling. If he goes down on his knees to take the bottom of the net away, he pops right back up um, whenever he needs to. Uh, he looks very methodical, um, and that is a sign of great goaltending. And his uh, carry price does that a lot too. He's you know doesn't overextend himself. He's not diving a lot. He's very calm and cool and collected. Um, so that is the best, better part of the notes I had uh, of interest from that game. Uh, a couple days later, I went to another game here in Kingston as Sarnia Sting were in town on the 25th. And that game wasn't really much of a contest, uh, but there were a number of Sarnia Sting players uh, that I watched that I thought were fantastic and are fantasy hockey relevant. So let's dive into those guys. Uh, the first one would be uh, Jameson Rees. He stood out big time. He was the best player on the ice, and it, it wasn't even close. Um, so he's drafted last year in the second round by Carolina. He was 44th overall. So he's a pretty high draft pick. He's 5'11", 172. So yeah, he's a little bit small by NHL standards, but he's not a small player necessarily. Excuse me. He plays a, uh, he plays a pretty physical game. Um, a lot of the, the notes I saw from him from last year, and I didn't get to see him live last year, but is that he was a bit of a buzzsaw. He's out there causing havoc. He got suspended. He had a lot of penalty minutes. I didn't see any of that in this game. He was just all skill all the time, all night long. Um, maybe it's because he knew that he was playing a lesser opponent in Kingston, and it was an opportunity for him to rack up some stats, and that's exactly what he did. He had a hat trick and an assist for a 4.9 with seven shots on goal. Uh, he was uh, fearlessly driving to the net, He's not afraid of the hard areas. Either in the corner, he'll go and throw his throw his body up against the defenseman and, and try and pin him against the boards to knock the puck loose for an opponent or a teammate. Uh, if he has the puck, he's not afraid to, uh, to drive it towards the net as opposed to taking the wide, safer route. Um, and he did this a couple of times, and he was extremely proficient at it. Um, he takes one hand off his stick. So he'll have the puck and he'll be in the offensive zone. Um, and he'll be skating with speed and he'll uh, try and, and go wide around a player. And he'll like put his shoulder down, lean in towards the player, put his uh, arm out that's between him and the defenseman to protect the, the poke check and keep the defenseman off bay. And with one hand on the stick, he's got excellent control of the puck. And he did this fantastically in a highlight reel goal where he go, he got right around the defenseman doing exactly this, and the defenseman was like all over him, pushing him, holding on to him, doing whatever he could to to shake him loose off the puck, and he couldn't. And still, with just one hand on the puck, once he got in a, the position, he was able to lift it up over the the Kingston goalie. I was like, oh man, that that is a pro goal right there. Um, and then he also scored uh, a highlight of the of the weak CHL goal in that game too, where he just kind of walked right around a defenseman and put it through the goalie. And I retweeted that. So take a look for that. It's the CHL play of the week. It was a pretty, pretty goal. Um, next player on the list uh, to talk about is a couple free agents. Uh, so the first one would be Sean Josling. Uh, he's a 20-year-old. He's six foot 179, so he's in his fourth and final year of OHL. He's never been drafted, and when I say never been drafted, I mean he's never he was never drafted in the OHL. He signed in the OHL as a free agent, 
and he's not been drafted by an NHL team yet either. Um, last year, he had uh, 62 games, and he had 52 points, so that was a pretty good season, 22 goals. Uh, this year, in 13 games, he's already got 10 goals and 27 points for uh, just a fraction over two points per game, which is has him tie, uh, third overall in the OHL scoring. He was tied for first uh, over the weekend, but uh, Byfield put a little gap between him. Uh, the game I watched, he had a goal and four assists, so he had a five-point night as well. That was fantastic. Uh, and that was the last game of his six-game point streak in which he posts 21 points in six games. So this is a, a good example of a player. He doesn't really have any glaring holes in his game. Uh, could be a situation of a late bloomer, or it could just be a situation of an older player taking advantage of you know younger players in the league that he plays in as he comes of age. But uh, you know he's got decent size, six foot one seventy nine, and he is definitely going to be someone that NHL teams will be taking a look at for a contract offer towards the end of the season. Uh, I would not be surprised if he was signed to um, an AHL uh, contract for the balance of the season at the end of the year, depending on when Sarnia's season ends, uh, just to give a team an opportunity to see how he looks at the AHL level at the end of the season, uh, and then maybe consider going forward with him next year. Uh, another player in a similar situation, he was drafted by Toronto, but not signed by them and went back into last year's draft. So Toronto drafted him in the 2017 draft in the sixth round, 172nd overall, I think it was. And uh, he was not signed by the Leafs, which makes him a free agent. He has had some injury problems. He missed the start of the season, so he's only got four games in right now. Uh, the game I saw was his second game, and he had two points in that one um, to give him six points in four games on the season. Um, he was invited this offseason to an NHL uh, training camp. That would be in Columbus. He was not offered a contract by Columbus. They just invited him and he played. They said thanks very much. Uh, last year, he had a breakout season, though. Um, 77 points in 32 games. Uh, so this is his overage season in the OHL. And he's the captain of the Sarnia Sting. six foot 168. Um, and he just plays in every situation he's uh, very good on both sides of the puck uh, his compete level was high um, skates well has size has skill creates turnovers causes takeaways uh, there's not really much to, to not like about his game but his offensive upside projectably at the pro level um, is a little bit limited so if he ever does make it to the NHL it'll be in a in a bottom six kind of role the next player on Sarnia I want to talk about really impressed me, um, and that is their goalie, young Benjamin Goudreau. He was drafted this uh, summer in the OHL. Sarnia picked him with their first pick, so seventh overall in the first round to the Sting. He's been lights out this season, and Sarnia has been playing him a lot. He had a 49-save debut in the OHL and a 5-1 win. Um, he'll be going to uh, the U-17 tournament, representing one of the Canadian teams coming up uh, in November. Uh, and I liked a lot about his game. Uh, he tracks the puck really, really well. He was very active. Um, he's very quick. 
His reflexes are, are lightning fast. There was a play that looked like a sure goal as uh, Kingston's import player kind of cut across the crease, made a little uh, head fake, uh, you know, backhand, forehand, and then it, I, I thought it was in. Um, and so did he, I think. But nope, Goudreau had it in his glove. He was able to uh, get his glove up and, and catch it, snag it out of midair. Very impressive uh, save. I liked how he was strong on his edges and his uh, his pushing. So when he went down on his knees, he could get from like the left or the right side uh, to the other side really quickly with a with a really good strong push. Um, he was a he's a pretty athletic goalie, so he should be a high pick. But he's not draft eligible until the twenty one draft. Uh, so not this draft in in Montreal next summer, but the one after that. So put him on your long range watch list maybe. Um, another interesting thing about uh, him is he'll have some competition now. Today, London made an announcement that they traded their goalie, Kui, uh, to Sarnia for the goalie that Sarnia just picked up off waivers, uh, and I think maybe a draft pick or something like that. Um, but anyways, he's a, a veteran goalie, so I guess they want to insulate uh, Goudreau. They don't want to overwork the kid is as a rookie in his first year. Um, give him someone who who knows the ropes in the league really well. Maybe can share his book on shooters. Um, just kind of you know take the slow approach on the development of Goudreau. But uh, he's he's someone to keep an eye on. I'm I'm really keen on this kid. All right, so that's it from from that game. Um, uh, I could talk about a couple of Kingston guys actually. I don't have any notes on them, but. Uh, there isn't much to talk about, really, at the fronts. Uh, Shane Wright, of course, the exceptional status player, didn't have much of a game. He had a couple rushes. He looked, you know, good, but not great. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting was he's a center, but he wasn't taking face-offs uh, for Kingston in the offensive zone. Um, I'm not sure why that is. I'm speculating because they think that uh, he's the best shot on that line. So he was lined up uh, at the bottom of the faceoff circle. So if they won the draw, he had a you know the red dog quick shot opportunity. Um, I'm more of the mind that it's more you got to win the draw first, right? You could put the best shooter in the world there, but if you're not winning the draw, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, but as a 15 year old, perhaps he's not uh, the strongest on faceoffs yet. Uh, Pinchuk is the European import that they have. He had a really good game. I liked what I saw from him. Uh, he has a decent size, speed, um, strong on the puck. Zade Wisdom, of course, is I've mentioned him before. This kid's fantastic. I just I love him. I don't know if he's ever going to make it to the pro level, but uh, his hands really need to do some developing. His puck control skills uh, and his shot. Um, they're good, but not great. And this is his draft-eligible year, so I'll be looking for... Um, season-long progress from him, and if I see it, you'll hear about it. Uh, I, I like this kid. His, his work ethic is second to none. Um, you know, he'll drop the gloves. Uh, there's a lot to like about him. That's about it for Kingston. All right, so that's that segment. Uh, just wrap up this podcast. This one will be a little bit shorter than some of the other ones. No guest today. It's just me rambling. Uh, but I came across an interesting uh, note. There's a, an Elite Prospects ringside article. Uh, if you subscribe, absolutely give it a read. If you don't subscribe, get on that. Um, and it's about KHL free agent uh, Konstantin Okulov. So this guy's 24 years old. He's playing with uh, SKA in the KHL. He's six foot, 185. And if you've never heard of him, 
don't feel bad. Uh, you know, he's never NHL drafted, so his NHL rights are unowned. Uh, he never played for Russia and the Olympics. He's never played for Russia at the World Juniors. So if you're in, you know, the United States or Canada listening to this and you're like, yeah, I've heard of a lot of Russian players, but I've never heard of Konstantin Okulov, O-K-U-L-O-V is how you spell his last name. Uh, you're not alone. Uh, so that's why you're listening to this podcast because I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Uh, on that fantastic article on Elite Prospects, they give a lot of video clip breaking down the strengths of his game, and, and there's a number of them. Uh, he's a speedy playmaker. Um, he's very deceptive and creative with the puck. He's good for little head fakes and, and misleading defensemen as to what his intentions are. Uh, feeding passes between defensemen's legs to open players. He's not overly physical you know six foot 185 he's not small or slight but he doesn't play a power game he plays a much more smart game uh and that's fantastic you don't need to play a very physical game if you're smarter than your opponent um he's really great at forechecking he's a little bit tenacious on forecheck um he's very good at taking pucks away intercepting passes uh, he puts, and I love players that do this, you know, I, I get really, really tired of players that just kind of go through the routine motion of forechecking. You, know, you dump the puck in, the goalie stops it for the defenseman, the defenseman picks it up behind the net, and the forechecking player does like a flyby. Maybe he'll wave his stick in the general direction of the guy that's got the puck, and then he'll just do a circle back and fall back into a defensive posture or go for a line change if he's tired. I love players that go after it, you know, that just go and get that puck. That the mentality that's my puck, how dare you touch it, give it back to me right freaking now. Uh, and that's kind of what I saw from some of the clips of, of Akulov. Um, the article I read that talked about him, it says that he plays only about 14 minutes a game. So he's playing on uh, on SKA or CSKA. Uh, they're, uh, they're a pretty loaded team, but he's fifth overall in team scoring with 14 points in 20 games. Um, there's some recognizable names on this roster, even to North Americans, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Lind uh, Lyndon Vey, Gregorenko, and a few more. This team won the Gregorian Cup, so they're champions. Um, so he was on that team last year as well. 48 games played, 31 points. And then in 19 playoff games, he had 14 points. So this 24-year-old is, is trending in the right direction, and he's in his prime. His KHL contract ends at the end of this season, and he's let it be known that he's interested in coming to North America. And uh, on Ho Hockey Night in Canada with Elliot Friedman, Chris Johnson, and it's in the 31 Thoughts po episode, not podcast, 31 Thoughts uh, article from October 23rd, that there's two teams that he's interested in playing for in North America, and that's Toronto or Montreal. Um, so a lot can happen between now and then. Another team could come along and uh, you know make him an offer, or maybe he's got a friend that goes with another team or something to that effect. Who knows? Um, but he is already 1% Fantrax owned, which is interesting because he doesn't have any NHL rights, but Fantrax has him in their system. So if your league doesn't require you to have NHL-owned players and you want to get maybe the next uh, Ilya Mikheyev, who's the Russian player that the Leafs signed uh, this summer and is looking just great, um, then uh, Konstantin Okulov might be the next guy. All right, man. So that's it for this episode. Uh, I hope to do another episode as uh, soon as tomorrow, breaking down Boston Bruins' top 10 prospects. I hope to have guest uh, Mark Alred, 
from the Black and Gold podcast to come on and, and tell me all the mistakes I made on my, my rankings and, and share uh, his top 10 list with me. Uh, if you want to read my top 10 Bruins list, it's on uh, myNHLTradeRumors.com. Uh, I've done that one and I've done the Ducks. I got a bunch more coming for them in the next couple of uh, days and weeks as well. So feel free to, to check those out. And uh, hopefully in another couple of days, I'll have another episode. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and uh, thanks for listening. Have a good one.